loves, welcome back. We are doing a two-part series on conflict. So before we get started today, I'm going to kind of remind you some things that we talked about last week. We talked about conflict and how it can be tough, whether it is small misunderstandings or endings of jobs and relationships. Nobody ever looks forward to conflict. Even me, I'm a big fan of conflict. I see the value there and I still don't look forward to it. Nobody looks forward to conflict. And let me say, I will admit there that there are people out there that love to pick a fight. There are some people out there that love to debate, but they don't look forward to conflict. The people that love to pick fights, they look forward to winning. That has a different connotation. That connotes that they have prospered over the other party. They've outwitted, outstrength, that they've powered over something or someone. That's ego-based. That's self-righteousness, self-protection, self-worthiness, whatever the reason is. Picking a fight is not about conflict in the true sense of the word. It's about, you know, quote, winning. So let me just, I want to just address that because I know some people think some people really do love conflict and that's, that's not what they're loving. They're loving the idea of winning. Conflict is a different thing entirely. Conflict is things being out of alignment for everyone's highest good. It's when we're stuck in that zone of being out of in, out of alignment, when we're stuck in the zone of unclarity. So conflict is resolved once everyone and everything has come back to alignment, once there's a resolution. Sounds lovely, right? <laughs> we should all do it more often, except that it's uncomfortable. So expect that to solve conflict in a way that will bring healing, it requires effort and bravery, vulnerability. But I'm going to help you with all of that. I've got tons of information today that's going to prepare you for miraculous resolutions to be found when we engage meaningfully and intentionally with conflict. And all of my, you know, tips today, they're going to fall under three ideas. Be open and collaborative. Do your homework. Expect healing. Okay. Tips for being open and collaborative when it comes to conflict. Be prepared to not get exactly what you want. Ultimately, what we want is for everyone to feel safe and loved. And for that to happen, sometimes we have to be open to compromise or to it showing up differently than we imagined. So be prepared for it to look a little differently than what you had thought resolution would look like. Have more than one idea about a solution in mind. So when you have more than one idea about a solution, this is going to show that you're flexible, that you're willing to factor in other people's perspectives, other influences. It's also going to show that you thought about this ahead of time. You did not jump into this conversation just to get the anger off your chest, right? And we're going to talk more about that later about doing your homework. But when you're in the actual dialogue of the conflict resolution, Having more than one solution sort of proves I've spent time on this. This is important to me. This is not about me coming in here and placing the blame and feeling better about myself and then running off with nothing changed or resolved. Have the ideas 
include your assessment of the other person's need. So here's an example. You want to stop watching so much TV at night in bed, but your spouse loves TV as their downtime. So then your possible solutions might include they watch TV on a smaller screen with lowered brightness or that they watch it on the couch. So submit ideas to them that clearly a lot for solving for you and for them. Rather than just saying, no, I don't want to do TV. We're not doing TV. If you offer them smaller screen with low brightness, low volume, or you can do it on the couch and we just won't cuddle. I'll just go to bed without you. If you offer them those other ideas, then you're proving to them, this isn't about me getting my way. This is about us finding a new way forward. I've included your perspective or at least my idea of your perspective. Okay, so when it comes to being open and collaborative, be prepared to be surprised. Early into conflict resolution, we often discover that our assumptions about what the other party is solving for are completely wrong. Ask more questions or offer your own thoughts and allow them to respond. It could look like this. I'm assuming that why you want to move up this deadline is because you have a big vacation planned in June. Is that correct? You may be surprised at their response. If your assumption is correct, they have a big vacation in June, and that's why they want to move up the deadline, the other party might feel grateful that you've considered their position. Yeah, I'm so glad that you recognize I do have this big vacation. I want to make sure I get this off my plate, and I don't want to worry about anyone needing anything from me while I'm gone on vacation. Assuming you didn't share that with an accusatory tone, you just want to move this deadline up because you're going on vacation. Assuming you don't have that tone, the other person will often feel seen. But let's just say your assumption's incorrect. Then this gives the other party a chance to clarify. No, actually, I need the deadline moved up because my boss moved up the data analysis deadline and I want to make sure I include your work in those results. Oh, had nothing to do with their vacation. So be prepared to be surprised. When you are engaging with conflict, whether it's in your own brain, like whether you're playing it out in your head or an actual conversation, know with 100% certainty that you are missing some vital information. You do not have all the facts, all the perspective. So until the conflict is resolved, assume that you don't know all that you need to know in order to come to a good resolution. Okay, so those are all my tips for being open and collaborative. Now let's talk about doing your homework. Before we engage in conflict conversations, process emotion, process emotion, process emotion. Generate ideas and compromises and prepare for the conversation. Okay, processing emotion. If you are feeling something negative, This could be anger, rage, blame, fear, mistrust. I mean, it's likely you're feeling something to that effect if there's a conflict. Fear, anger, those are are feelings that we have. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having conflict. It's important that we don't bring those emotions into the resolution conversation. If we bring in our negative emotion, we're likely to get a negative outcome. We're likely to cause defensiveness or rage, or resentment. So allow yourself 
your human ego, your survivalist brain, allow yourself to experience all of those emotions before you have the resolution conversation. Journal out every negative thing you have to say about this situation. Example, you haven't forgiven Taylor for that thing they said in last week's meeting, so you're feeling mad. You're blaming John for not doing the work properly, so you're feeling rage at having been embarrassed by your teammate and having to start over. If that's going on, it's important to give those things space, to give those emotions a place to exist. The point of resolving conflict is not to pretend that everything is okay. Allow those negative emotions. Talk to your friends, use a journal, but allow them to bubble up. And then once you've tired of them, once you've given them space to exist and you've released them, then you'll be ready to move on to more helpful feelings such as motivation, determination, hope. Those are feelings that are more effective in a resolving conflict conversation. And when it comes to doing your home, your homework for resolving conflict, you set the tone for the resolution. How would the best possible outcome feel? Would it feel complete? Would you feel prepared, thorough, collaborative, straightforward? Consider what you want the solution to feel like and bring that emotional tone to the conversation. If I want the resolution to feel peaceful, then I will do whatever cognitive and emotional work is necessary to get to a place of peace before having the resolution conversation. I will go into the conversation feeling peaceful, confidently knowing that we will find a way to a peaceful outcome, even if we have to say some sensitive words, even if we have to have more than one conversation. I'm peaceful because I know that we can find a peaceful outcome, and that is the tone that I'm going to bring to the conversation. And I'm peaceful because I know I may hear some things that I wasn't expecting. I may hear some things that I don't want to hear, but I can handle it. I'm going to manage my emotions, and I can handle it. Okay, doing your homework. Generate ideas and compromises. We touched on this before, but this this is like genuinely I'm setting this as homework, generate several ideas that you would consider to be wins for both parties. And a win does not mean that everybody gets exactly what they want, how and when they want it. A win means that everyone gets their needs met. They get their perspective included. And this, this may not be their needs as they've defined them, but it's their needs as the company defines them or as God would define them. And you may be surprised at how often our needs change as we work through conflict. So generate some ideas. Just give it your best shot. Prepare for things to change. As you generate ideas on compromises, be prepared to speak to both sides. So who are the involved parties in the conflict? What do they want? What are they solving for? And as you share your thought process, acknowledge the other party. If your ideas are all about you, then you are definitely the biggest problem you have. Conflicts are relationships and relationships are people. So make sure that you've considered all of the people involved. Prepare for the conversation. I'm genuinely saying you should be doing homework before you engage in conflict. 
because conflict is important. It's it should be intentional. It shouldn't be flying off the cuff with whatever whatever thought flies into your brain, whatever emotion bubbles up in your body. Prepare. Don't rush in the next time you see them and start explaining how much time and effort you've put into solving this issue for everyone. Consider the best way to have a healing conversation. Should it be in person? Should it be on Zoom, over the phone, via email? When should it be? And don't consider the when until you've done the cognitive and the emotional homework, until you can come from a place of positive emotion. Map out how you'd like the conversation to flow. I personally, I like to begin by acknowledging shared goals and values. We both want this project to be successful. We both need to have some downtime every day in a way that works for our schedules. We both, da, 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 da. Okay, acknowledge your shared situation. What is it that you have in common? That's how I like to start it. And I like to take ownership, but I invite the other party in. So that could be something like this. I really want to talk about our conflict situation, but I want to make sure that I get a chance to hear you out as well. So can I start by sharing what I've been thinking or would you like to share first? So I've set the tone. This is what the conversation is about. I want to talk about XYZ situation. I want to make sure that I hear you out. So would you like to go first or can I start? I like to assign myself the leadership role in sensitive conversations. And of course, I listen and I adapt to the other person's needs. I like to, you know, make sure that I'm demonstrating that I'm hearing them. But I like to set the tone. Because I know that I've done the emotional work. I've done the cognitive work. I've come up with compromises and different solutions. And so I trust myself to to manage the tone to the best of my ability. Now, obviously, I'm not perfect and we all get defensive, but I like to assign myself a leadership role. I'm responsible for setting the tone and the vision of how this conversation could go. And usually, this helps the other person to feel at ease. Not all the time. Some people do not want me to set the tone. They want to set the tone. Usually the people that like to pick fights. Um, But in general, by me setting the tone and saying, here's what I'd like to talk about, but I want to make sure you're heard too, it helps the other person feel at ease. We don't know what the other party has been feeling, what they've been thinking. They may be feeling hopeless. They may be feeling just resigned that it's always going to be an issue. Um, They may be feeling angry for something we have no idea about. And if we step in feeling confident in our ability to find a resolution, if we share what all we've considered so far, this may lift a great weight off their shoulders. It often does. And of course, it may not, depending on the health of the relationship, depending on the other person. It could be a situation that no matter what you say or do, they become resentful or mistrusting. But that's that's not actually your concern. Your concern is with you and knowing that you did all that you could to get into alignment with a favorable outcome for all. You did your best to be a light in the world and in this situation. So take ownership, set the tone, invite the other party in as a partner in resolution. Imagine that you're walking side by side on an uncomfortable path rather than you're facing off. Okay, so remember I told you that all my tips are going to fall under three bubbles. Be open and collaborative. Do your homework. The third bubble is 
expect healing. Expect healing, you guys. Conflict is never a dead end. Conflict is always an invitation. It's an opportunity to better things, better processes, better intimacy, better points of view, greater understanding of one another. By the time you've done the work of processing your emotion, generating ideas, considering the other party, the universe, spirit, your spiritual support team, God, whatever term you like, spirit sees that. So not only are you at a human level doing this work to prepare for a conversation, a resolution conversation, but you are working to manifest a resolution. You've stepped into the creative energy of the resolution. And this makes it easier for the universe to partner in your manifestation. Because you've created a healthy container in which that manifestation can live. So let's use an analogy here. You need a new plant. The plant is the resolution. You need a new plant. Your thoughts are the container, the structure, and your emotions are the soil, the feeling that feeds the plant. So if you hadn't done your emotional work and you were just walking around angry, it doesn't matter what you put in that new container, that new plant is not going to do well if the soil, the emotion is anger and blame. You could be given a new solution, but because you haven't healed your emotional story, it's not going to go well. So because you've done the work necessary, you've created a healthy container. Your thoughts are the new container. Your emotions are the soil. Spirit is going to have a much easier time helping you create a beautiful plant now that you've created the healthy, amazing container. So not only is it good spiritual truth, but it's logical that by this point, you should expect the miracle. You should expect the healing because you've partnered. You've done the human work that would allow spirit to co-create with you a positive outcome. It's not high hopes. It's likelihood based on your integrity and spirit's nature of giving what is needed. So if we want to take this analogy a step further, Once the plant is growing, it still needs sunlight and water, right? It still needs healthy soil. So your sunlight, that's the behavior and the other, your behavior and the other party's behavior that you engage in once you agree upon the resolution. So are you both keeping up your agreements? Did, if you agreed to change some behaviors, did your behavior change? Are you meeting up to discuss the plant, to discuss the resolution? Is this going the way we wanted it to go? Are we honoring it? Are we acknowledging that it's thriving? Our projects, our behaviors feed off of that emotional energy. So when we acknowledge, hey, we went through that really hard time where we misunderstood each other and then we came together and ever since then we've changed this process and this process is working beautifully. Good job us for being willing to engage in the conflict, go through that messy conversation, and now look what happened. Good job, go team. Okay, another reason to expect healing is because it's the nature of the universe. When we have open wounds, they scab over right? Our bodies are designed to heal themselves without us paying attention. The universe is designed to heal. Trees work together to share the sunlight and the soil. The universe is designed to allow all beings to get their needs met. 
it's not wishful thinking to imagine there could be a resolution that your brain can't see. It's not wishful thinking. It's universal law. All things work together for good. We are designed to heal. All we have to do now is get back into alignment and welcome the miracle, welcome the shift in our thinking, be willing to feel it differently, see it differently. So do the work, clear your emotion, generate ideas, be willing to set the tone for the conversation. Know that it's possible. Take a leadership role and then trust that spirit will show up in the beautiful container that you've created so that you can have greater intimacy in your relationships, greater effectivity, effectiveness in your processes. It's all possible. And all we have to do is prepare for the miracle. So if you have some conflict that you've been avoiding, I highly encourage you to consider not avoiding it, to consider embracing it, engaging with it. Be open and collaborative. Do your homework first and expect healing. And if you have any questions about this, if you need specific advice, please reach out to me. I'm so happy to help with conflict because it is such an opportunity for miracle. It is such an opportunity. It's when we avoid the conflict that we don't receive the miracle. We have to be willing to get back into alignment. And sometimes the process is difficult, but remember that you're walking on a difficult path with someone. You're walking side by side. It's not a face-off. I hope this helps. I'm going to give you one more piece of advice. I didn't put this on my outline, but if you are a person that does not regularly engage in conflict, if you are a conflict-avoidant person and you, you want to try to do things differently, I encourage you to start small. Start, you know, <laughs> start with the conflict with the stranger in the street. If you grab the grocery cart and they were going to grab the grocery cart, they thought it was theirs first, like that sort of thing. Start there in the, the low risk category. Don't start with the lifelong feud that you had, right? Practice these in other situations. And if you're a person that doesn't have practice processing your emotion and doing thought work, then just start practicing that anywhere. You don't have to practice those things just for conflict. Just practice those things because they're good for you. They're helpful for you. And they can get you back into alignment with your highest self, with spirit. Okay, I'm so excited. I hope that these two episodes were helpful. If they were helpful, share them with whoever else you know that is conflict avoidant. I would greatly appreciate it. I hope you all have a beautiful week, loves. Bye.